Welcome to the Century Church Podcast with Dr. Patrick M. Quinn. You can find out more information about Century Church at www.century.church or download our app at the Apple or Google Play Store. Hey, good morning, Century Church. My name is Patrick Quinn, lead pastor here, and I'm so excited to continue this series master mind. We are talking about some really good things today about how we can change our thinking to change our life. Thank you so much for joining me, for sharing this out there, for being a part of our virtual worship gathering, for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ on your personal pages. I just want to tell you, thank you, thank you, Thank you because you are being the church even right now and throughout the week as we join in mission and ministry together. Hey, as we start this message today, I just want to share with you, you can download the outline on our app. Uh, Just download the app and go to the weekly messages and you can always see the outline right there and follow along with me. So today, I just want to start by talking about the way that we need to train our mind. And many years ago, uh, I'm I'm not the most... uh, I am not the most uh, handy person around the house. I'm just going to go ahead and claim it and be honest. And many years ago, uh, I was uh, changing out the dryer cord. Anyone ever changed out the dryer cord before? Probably lots of you guys have done that. I'd never changed out the dryer cord before. My father was helping me with all the electrical components, taking off the back end. I was a young uh, newlywed at the time, and changing out the, the dryer cord was a little bit of a challenge. YouTube wasn't quite there yet, so that we could look at every little thing. And so my dad had come over to help me, and I was changing out the dryer cord, and I had crossed up some wires. My dad was kind of changing out the crossing up of these wires, and at the time, I thought that he was done with it. I went to plug it into the wall while my dad still had his hands on the wires with the tools, and these sparks flew all over the place. Place, and I almost killed my dad. And my dad like gets up and he's, you know, obviously visibly upset about it. He's mad about it. And I just crossed up these wires. The crazy thing is, it's not the first time that I had done this. Okay. So I was in college and my battery died and I had jumped my battery on my car. And as I, um, as I tried to figure out what was going on with it, I realized, okay, my battery is totally dead. I need to just limp it along, limp my car along to AutoZone or one of those auto parts stores and get a new battery. So I go with my roommate. I've got my car there and we're changing out the battery. The gentleman at the store said, do you need any help? I was like, no, I can change out a battery. No problem. And he's like, yeah, I got this too. And so my roommate and I are changing out the battery. As we're down there in the car, I thought he was ready to go. We had kind of had the wires on there. And I, I said, hey, are we ready? And I thought he said yes. He still had the tools on the battery. And the next thing I know, I crank the car while he still has the wrenches on the battery, tightening up the terminal. And the next thing I see is his leg around the back end of the car and he's kicking the side and he is stuck on the battery, kicking it, kicking it. He's kicking my car. I lean out the side. I still don't know what is going on. And I'm like, dude, quit kicking my car. And then I see his hands rattling and he's stuck to it. I just crossed the wires. I'm not the most handy guy. Hey, today I want to talk about the mental challenges of when we cross our wires. We're in this series called Mastermind. Life Church did a great job with this series and I want to share some of the things that I have learned 
from the Bible, from experiences, from the ways in which we can master our mind so that we can change our mind, we'll change our life. If we can change our thinking, we will change the way we live. And so I want you to jump into this with me today as we look into God's word, because I don't know about you, but I make some irrational decisions from time to time. Anybody else out there? Anybody ever make an irrational decision? Maybe you make it financially. You know, you make a financial decision. You see a great commercial about some great deal, and all of a sudden you got to buy it, and it's an irrational decision. You got buyer's remorse. Anyone ever done that? Maybe right now you could share. Like, what is an irrational decision you've made in the past and had buyer's remorse over it, right? A financial decision that you've gone, oh, maybe I shouldn't have bought that car. Shouldn't have bought that outfit. I shouldn't have done whatever it was that put you into maybe a little bit of trouble or or that you just wish you had not done financially. Like that's a way that you could kind of begin to think like we all make irrational decisions. We make them with relationships sometimes. We make them emotionally. We make them with jobs. We make irrational decisions. You know, one of the things that I tell people um, in relationships as they're dating someone is that you should date the seasons. You shouldn't just jump in and get married four or five months later. I always, my recommendation is, and if you're watching this and you're dating somebody, you should date the seasons. You should make it a one whole calendar year at least. You know, at least go to Thanksgiving and make sure you like his parents. You know, show up at Christmas and think about your life. Like this is gonna be part of your tradition. We need to think through these things, right? But we make so many irrational decisions. That's why this is important. Because our mind, oftentimes, we're crossing wires. We cross all kinds of wires, and we believe things that we shouldn't necessarily believe. In other words, we we sometimes, in believing the truths, we buy into lies. In believing what we think is true and going to be good for our life, we end up buying into lies all around us. And I don't know about you, but I need God's Word to center me to help me, to help me focus in on the things that matter the most, to help me really believe in the truths all around me that I may not buy into some lies. And if you're like me and you've ever bought into a lie or if you've ever made an irrational decision, there is good news on the way today because we're gonna do some things today in this brief time that we have together that I really hope will change your life thinking and change your life. So let's jump into this and let's talk about some things, okay? Because the first thing that we need to realize is God's word has something for us. Really does. Some really good things. Like I want to look at specifically a letter that Paul wrote. A letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Okay? This letter he was writing to the Philippians, we got to understand when he was writing it so that we can understand what his mind was going through, what he was thinking at the time, and how he mastered his own mind. I said this last week, I cannot believe the way in which Paul was capable of mastering his mind. You know, Paul, his ability to master his mind is incredible because he's literally in a Roman prison when he's writing the words that I'm about to read to you. He's literally not feeling sorry for himself, but instead he is trying to propel the church forward to be the church that would proclaim Jesus Christ. 
He has mastered his mind in such a way that his present circumstances are not dominating the way in which he's going to live his life. That the way in which his present circumstances could have, he could have succumbed to them. He's literally sitting in prison, being beaten, tortured. His life is literally on the line. And yet at the same time, he's able to lay down such wisdom. I want to master my mind like Paul did. And I hope that you do too. So I hope you'll lean in a little bit more into this message and listen to the words from a man who in, for all intensive purposes should have been going crazy, should have been losing it, should have been not near as wise, but he must have had something that we all need. And I want to dive into that and, and let you hear this word today, okay? So Paul is writing from, in Philippians toward the end. This is the way he signs off, essentially, from this letter to the church at Philippi. And he says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, I want to leave this scripture up there for just a second. I want you to look at it again. I want you to focus in on this scripture because I want you to hear what Paul is saying, and I want you to read it, and I want to be slow and methodical about this. He says one final thing. Watch this. Fix your thoughts. This is like a great morning devotion, right? This is a great way to begin your day. Fix your thoughts on what? On what is true. Don't believe the lies when you get out of bed. Some of us are believing the lies right away on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent. Do we wake up this morning doing this, right? Think of things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know, I said it last week. I'll say it again. It's the, it's the main theme of this entire series. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. In other words, training your mind around these truths will end up shaping the life that you live. Let me say that again. Training your mind around Truths will shape the way in which you live your life. That's what's happening to us. Our thoughts are shaping us. In other words, maybe a different way to say it today is, if you cannot control your thoughts, if you cannot control your thoughts, you cannot control what you do. Your wires are crossed. You're electrocuting, you're short-circuiting the things that God wants for you for even that day, for that week, for that month, for this time that we're living through this pandemic, this quarantine, this time when we're sheltering in place. Like this is a moment right now that if we're not careful, our thoughts can get the best of us and we can end up in a place where our wires are crossed. Some of you watching this morning, your wires are crossed and we've got to figure out how to get them back in a place where our thoughts are thinking on the things that Paul from prison Things that are true true and honorable and right and pure and lovely. We need to be able to think about these things. 
If you cannot control your thoughts, you cannot control what you do. So you've got to train our mind. You've got to train our mind. You know, I recently came across um, someone that was working through business platforms and how we, um, how we need to work um, to have stronger businesses, especially during a time like this. So all you business leaders out there, right? You have to have time to work on your business, not just in your business. And even at the church, we have gone back to the drawing board and we're doing what we're doing today and so many other things that we're doing because we spend time every single week working on the church, not just in the church. I would encourage you business people, you got to work on your business. You cannot just work in your business, right? You got to work on it. Well, today I would turn it a little bit differently. I would say you got to work on your mind, not just live in your mind. We have to train our mind so that we get the best results possible, so that we live lives that look more like what Paul was living like while he was even in a Roman prison fighting for his life. We've got to figure out a way to train our mind. And so when you train our mind, we got to work on our mind, not just in our mind. Now, many of you know uh, that I went on this journey a few years back, this, uh, this physical journey to, uh, to achieve some results and to achieve a goal that I never thought possible. It started out just kind of a little bit like a, like a dream, and, and then it turned into uh, a reality. And then from the reality, it has turned into much more of a lifestyle. And that is the, the Ironman journey for me. The Ironman journey for me started out with, could I possibly think about swimming over a mile? Could I possibly think about biking 50 miles? Could I possibly think about doing a half marathon? This was just a half Ironman, all the way working up to training to a full Ironman, to a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and a marathon. You know, this was uh, something that seemed impossible to me. And what I learned was something very, very interesting about my life. I had played baseball. I'd always been an athlete. I've always tried to work out. I've always tried to exercise. I've always tried to remain active. I've always tried to manage my, my weight and my physique and, and all of those things. But as time went on, you know, life gets in the way with family, with responsibilities, and, uh, and you get a little older, and things hurt a little more, like your knees. Uh, anybody else out there? Can I get an amen? Right? Like, things start happening. Things start breaking down. And, and so, as time went on, what I realized was that this was less about physical preparation. Follow me for a second. What I learned about my Ironman journey was it was so much more than physical preparation. It was mental preparation. I just thought I was going to learn how to swim, bike, and run. That's not at all what happened. What happened was that I rewired my brain, and it took a monumental feat to be able to do that, to work up to a full Ironman race. I had to rewire my thinking to what I thought was nearly impossible, but it was never going to happen with my body first. It was going to have to happen in my mind. You know, one of the things that I, that I um, ended up doing that I was trained to do and coached to do was that, you know, when you swim, 
When you swim, this is one of the lessons. When you swim, you need to focus on your swim before you jump in the water. You got to focus on the swim. I just thought you jumped in the water and you start swimming. And so my coach, Jason True, many of you know him, my coach would have, a, have me standing outside the pool, right? And I would stand out the pool and he would tell me to practice my stroke out of the pool. Like I'm literally doing my stroke while other people are swimming at the YMCA, while other people are looking at me. I'm feeling a little foolish because I'm, I'm air swimming. But the crazy thing was, that when I got in the pool, it made my stroke that much stronger. It made me focus in on every single thing that I was doing in the water. And eventually, over time, by doing this simple couple of minute routine out of the water, by the time I got in the water, my body performed better. I could feel it. I could see the results. Another way in which this has happened is the day before the race. Jason gave me a checklist. And the day before the race, on the checklist, it literally said you need to mentally go through the race in your head. You need to go ahead and mentally swim the race, mentally bike the race, mentally run the race. You need to do that. You need to spend time. It was in the checklist. And, I, and at first, I thought, that's crazy. That's crazy. That, that takes, like, I don't need to do that. I just need to go do the race. And it was interesting when I really decided, because I wasn't sure if I was going to live or die. Many of you were on that journey with me. When I wasn't sure what exactly would happen, he had my full attention. And so I mentally prepared for the race. And it was amazing because I remember the very first race I ever went into. It was in Austin, Texas. And I mentally prepared for the race. And the swim it was not 200 yards into the swim that I got kicked in the face. And I, didn't, I got a little disoriented. But I had already looked at the map and figured out the route. And while I got the, my bell rung and, and I needed to reorient myself, I was able to keep swimming because I had mentally already swam that leg of the race. It worked. And, and I remember thinking, that was crazy that, that that worked. I already had swam the leg. Now I just needed to do it with my body. I'm getting to a point here that I want you to follow me because many of us are doing things with our bodies, but we're not preparing our minds. And today Paul is, is imploring us to do this one final thing, to fix your thoughts on what is true. You know, your body, you think about your body. And something else that I learned through this Ironman race, many of you were on that journey with me and you know that I lost almost 50 pounds of weight. I've gained a little bit back during quarantine, okay? We're gonna work on that. Um, I, you know, I don't know about you, but um, I'm, I'm kind of on the quarantine 15. I hope that uh, some of it will drop off afterward. At any rate, as we were training, one of the things that I'd never really given much credit to was my diet. You see, I'd always worked on exercising, lifting weights, uh, lots of, you know, uh, activity. And then I felt like I could eat whatever I wanted to eat. But through looking at my nutrition and dialing that in, that's where the real results began to happen. It was eliminating things like sugar. It was eliminating things like all the high carbohydrate foods. 
It was, it was paying attention to not just what I was going to do with my body. Watch this. Not just what I was going to do with my body, but what I was putting in my body. What I was putting in my body was really more important than what I was going to do with my body. Swim, bike, and run, or lift weights, or go exercise. And many of us, we spend years of our life buying exercise equipment, buying uh, memberships to gyms, uh, getting out and exercising, and then we don't pay one lick of attention. And you know who you are. We don't pay one lick of attention to what we put in our body. We think, oh, I can just eat whatever I want. And that's simply not true. It's what you put in your body that's more important than what you're actually going to do with your body. All right, now that I got your attention, watch this. Not what you're going to do with your mind this week that really matters. Nope. What you put in your mind. You following me now? So many times we think about all the busy activities that we have to do this coming week. So many times we think about all the stuff we need to do. We don't spend nearly enough time thinking about what we need to put in. And if you'll put in your mind, it's amazing what your mind can put out, what your mind can do. But we spend so much time on the doing with our bodies and with our minds. We don't spend near enough time on what we're putting into our bodies, what we're putting into our minds. We need to work on that. And so today, I just want to share with you a way in which you might begin to go down this road. You see, to master the mind, one must train the mind. To master the mind, one must train the mind. Now, one of the practices that we could do to uh, begin that rhythm is meditation. And I didn't really follow a lot of meditation practices until recently, until the last few years. I would get up and do my morning devotion. I would get up and uh, read my Bible. I would get up and have some prayer time where I did a whole lot of talking to God. But meditation is something different. And I want you to see this practice because this practice has helped change a lot of the way that my day goes. And I'm going to share that with you today. It's changed a lot of the way in which I live my life and orient my life. And it has made all the difference and a lot of it has been learned and retooled through this Ironman journey for me. And so meditation simply is to engage in mental exercise. That's a definition of it, to engage in mental exercise, to focus one's thoughts. It's not, it's not some weird practice. It's really mental exercise, okay? And in Psalm 119, we can hear these words meditate. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I meditate. Do you see that? In Psalm 143, it says, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. And so my Ironman journey, one of the first things my coach taught me to do was something called MMH, the morning movement habit. Now, I already had my morning habit. My morning habit was get up, have my cup of coffee, open up my Bible, and, uh, and, and do my reading and my prayer time. That was my morning habit. But what, what got compounded or put on top of it was this morning movement habit. And in the morning movement habit, I learned some breathing exercises, some basic yoga-type poses, and, and some simple exercises for about five to ten minutes 
And what I did was I would literally put my Bible, and I still do this, like I'll put my Bible, um, I'll read my Bible, I'll do my Bible reading, uh, I will do the Moravian daily text that I'm enjoying um, with most of you on the 828 morning prayer. I encourage you to join me there. But I do this morning rhythm, and I do this morning movement habit where I combine my body and my mind together with my spiritual practice and some physical practice, and it is like pouring gasoline on my life every single morning. And so between the morning movement habit and the Moravian daily text and my Bible reading and my prayer time, that only this is like five to 10 minutes of my life, okay? This meditation time, what is happening is I am training my mind to focus on what is true, like what Paul said. I wake up and I may already have some negative thoughts going. I wake up and it may be doom and gloom. I wake up and it may be raining outside. I wake up and I didn't have a lot of sleep because my kids are driving me crazy. I wake up in a whole host of different moods. Maybe I had a nightmare the last night, whatever it was. But when I do those five to 10 minutes, everything changes. It is a focus. It is a reset. It is a get ready for the day. It is pouring gasoline on everything that I want to try to accomplish and do in the day. It is my mind is getting poured into. My body is getting poured into and I am ready to face the day. This is what's happened for me over the last few years. It is allowing me to take every thought captive like we talked about last week. Paul says we should take every thought captive captive. It allows me to take every thought captive, to beat it into submission, and to then allow myself to work, my mind to work, and allow the Spirit of God to work in my life. It's letting God renew my mind. It is every morning, we talked about this last week, creating neural pathways. Science would call it creating neural pathways. In the spiritual world, we'd call it letting God renew your mind. But it's all working together. Neural pathways, new neural pathways. I need to think about the truth and not buy into the lies. Believe the truths, don't buy into the lies. You need to hear that today. Believe the truths, don't buy into the lies. That morning rhythm allows me to wake up and no matter what mindset I may wake up in, if I spend those five to 10 minutes, I believe the truths, And don't buy into the lies. And I wonder how many of us, if you're honest with yourself today, you don't do anything but get up and start doing. And you go wherever the wind blows. Whatever happens, happens. And you don't spend those five to ten minutes. You know how I know that it makes a difference? Because the days that I miss it, because I'm not perfect, I don't do this 100%, are the days I fuss with my wife more, I say things to my kids I wish I wouldn't say. I fail at work. It's when I lay my head on my pillow at night and I reflect on my day and I go, man, today was not my best attempt. I usually can boil it back and go, ah, I missed it. I missed my MMH. I missed my morning movement habit. I missed my time with God. I missed setting up my day. And so today I want to challenge us What stronghold is holding you back? I asked you last week. I want you to think about it right now. What stronghold is holding you back? Something is holding you hostage. It's a worry. It's a fear. It's an anxiety. It is an addiction. Something is holding you hostage. 
You got to name it today. Listen to me, name it. If you're going to master it, you got to first claim it. You got to know what it is. And a few years back, I wanted some different things for my life. I wanted some different approach. I wanted a different approach to how I was going to live the second half of my life. And this routine that is very biblical has helped to shape and change and transform a lot of things. It has helped create neural pathways that are new for me. You know, one of the ways that you can think about this is sometimes we don't like, uh, some, or sometimes we don't appreciate the way in which we sing songs. But did you know, like, those songs create neural pathways? And some of us listen to garbage music. I know I listened to plenty of garbage music uh, for a while in my life. And it was amazing how that garbage music would then get into my head. You know, garbage in, garbage out. But when we, when we listen to the songs, those songs, those melodies, that music, and then the lyrics weave their way in to create neural pathways. They can either create bad pathways or good pathways. So you've got to be paying attention to what you're putting in your mind. Are you putting in the good things of God, things that are pleasing to God, things that will glorify God? Or are you putting in the bad things that ultimately will change the direction of your life? It'll be small degrees of change at first, and then you will look back and notice all the difference. Those morning routines matter. What's holding you hostage? And then let me ask you this way. What, what, have, you used to, what have you used this time right now to learn the most? Because I believe that coming out of this time could be some of our greatest moments if we've used some of this quiet time, some of this quarantine time, actually learn some good things in our life. What's holding you hostage? What can you learn right now? And then what is the truth that demolishes that stronghold? What's the truth that will demolish the thing holding you hostage? Think about it for a moment. Pastor Craig Groeschel at Life Church says it this way, you need to write down that truth. You need to write it. And right now, I would encourage you to do that. You need to write down that truth that will help you demolish that stronghold. Whatever it is that is holding back your mind, you need to write it down. And then you need to think it. You need to think on it over and over and over again. Then you need to confess it, and then you need to believe it. you got to write it, think it, confess it, and believe it. And I love how he gets into that rhythm. you got to write it, Think it, confess it, and believe it. You've got to actually create new neural pathways that are filled with truth, truth, truth. And some of you really need to hear this today because your neural pathways, your wires are all crossed and you're buying into lie after lie after lie. Like you're not good enough. You're unworthy. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have a good relationship. All these lies, lies, lies. And you got to get up every day Get a good morning movement habit going, and you got to create some neural pathways, some new ones that'll speak truth, truth, truth. You got to open up your life to the Spirit of God and let God renew your mind. You got to create some new neural pathways. Listen to me your mind is stronger than you think it is. It is an incredible tool. This brain that you have in your mind is, I mean, this brain is so powerful. It is amazing what it can do. When I was in high school, I'll share this as I close. When I was in high school, I, um, I lived in Japan for nearly three years. 
I learned to read, write, and speak Japanese. I went and did um, foreign language classes in my high school, and, and, and I learned the language. I was so into it. I was so into writing it, um, reading it, speaking it, um, having Japanese friends. I went to uh, Japanese high school for a little while, like one day a week in a little mini exchange program. It was an incredible experience, and I was so engrossed in Japanese culture, and it was a life-changing moment for me. Then I move away. And I moved back to America, and I go about my life. And about 12 years later, in ministry, I end up going to Korea, to Seoul. And I decided that I would stop in Tokyo on the way. And I wanted to, you know, see Tokyo again. I wanted to experience Japanese culture, and I wanted to eat some really good food. And so um, I stopped over for three days. And the, the most amazing thing happened to me. I, I, I got there, and I thought that I would be able to speak Japanese again. I'd read in my books and looked at some of my foreign language, you know, assignments and, and some of the, 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 the books that I had with, with uh, conversational Japanese and listened to some tapes and things, uh, and, and, and I thought that this would help me, right? And um, I got there, and I couldn't speak it. It just wasn't happening. And even worse, as people were talking all around me in Tokyo, I couldn't understand it. And it was so frustrating. It was like right there. I wanted it. I, I could feel it. I, I wanted to, to understand it so badly. And I was like, I used to be able to hear words. I used to be able to understand. And I couldn't, like the wires just were crossed and it wouldn't work. And I was like, so frustrated. I was like, God, I want to understand. And the third day that I was there, I was on the subway riding to the airport in Tokyo to fly to Seoul. And all these people were on the subway. It was jam crowded. And all these people were speaking Japanese, ba 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 ba, and I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand, and I and I was just like so down, and I was frustrated about this. I had spent so much time learning this language, and then about halfway through that journey, I remember this lady was talking to her daughter to my right, and this businessman was over here to my left. All of a sudden, I could, one by one, the switch turned on, and I could understand the mama talking to her girl her little girl. I understood the businessman talking on the phone. And this whole world opened up to me on the subway. And I was like, oh, amazing. I can understand. I wanted to like stay there for another week. I was like, no, I can't get on the airplane now. I know. I understand. I hear you. Wakadimas is the word. I understand. And then I had to go get on the plane. But the power of that moment was this. I finally got the wires put in the right place. My brain did that for me. Your brain is powerful. It wants to put the wires in the right place. It wants to believe the truths and stop buying into the lies. I believe that today can be that day for you. You know, part of my morning movement habit um, was developing a mantra so that every day I can repeat this mantra throughout my day. I'm going to do something I haven't done ever before. I'm going to share with you my morning mantra for 2020. My morning mantra for 2020 is that Jesus always makes me better. That's the first thing I say. Jesus always makes me better. Life with him will always make me better. Jesus always makes me better. Second thing, do something that matters today. For my wife, for my children, for a stranger I meet, someone at work, 
in the church, do something that matters today. Not putting it off, do something that matters today. Jesus always makes me better. Do something that matters today. Live your life on adventure. Live your life on adventure, Patrick. Don't get old and feel like you can't take any risks anymore. Don't get old in your mind and not be innovative or creative anymore. Live your life on adventure. And then finally, enjoy the ride because you're not promised tomorrow. Enjoy the ride. So every morning, my 2020 mantra, when I'm doing my morning movement habit, my Moravian daily text, when I'm, when I'm doing those things, I, I end up repeating to myself, even throughout the day, Jesus always makes me better. Do something that matters. Live your life on adventure and enjoy the ride. Listen, God wants to renew your mind. He wants to transform your life. So we got to work on what we're putting in our mind before we worry about what we're doing with our mind. Jesus will always make better. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we bow before you today and I pray for every person who's watching. I pray, God, that you would renew their minds. You would speak bold truths to combat the lies that people are buying into. And God, that you would help to rewire and create new neural pathways filled with truth, truth, truth. God, that you have come as a source of power that can encourage, that can bring grace and and truth, and hope, and love, and mercy, and really a, a new creation in all of us. So God, I pray that, that we would turn our lives over to you. God, we repent of our sin, of where we fall short of you, where, where our sin is ever before us, and yet, God, you want to come in and combat those truths, I mean those lies that, that we're buying into, and replace them with these beautiful truths. And so God, would you do that for us today? Would you do that for every person who, who hears this message? that they would know that you want to train the mind to do some really powerful things with our lives. So God, help us to master our minds like Paul did, to fix our lives, our thoughts on the things that are true, that we can bring glory and praise to you through everything that we end up doing. Because first, it's everything that we are putting in to our mind. Lord, you want to do some things with us but first you want to transform and renew our minds. Help us to do that, God. Help us to believe Jesus will always make our lives better. God, I pray for every person that this week would be a week where some radical transformation happens in the mind that then propels us into the things that you ultimately want us to do. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen.